0: Hello and welcome to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am the host, Mike O'Brien in Boston, Massachusetts. And we have my favorite person in the entire world down in Orlando, Florida. Or should I say hunkering down in Orlando, Florida, Mr. Jeff Taylor. How are you in Celebration, Florida, Jeff? I'm hunkering. I've hunkered. The big storm, which we're seeing all over the news, is, is hitting Orlando. And uh, hopefully uh, Jeff and his family is not uh, flooded and the electricity won't cut out because then you won't be able to listen to this amazing show. But because of Jeff's hurricane predicament, we do not have a guest this week because we didn't want to uh, get a guest. And then all of a sudden the electricity cut out. So we are just kind of doing it. Uh, Han Solo. Han Solo except there's two of us, not really Han Solo. Jeff Taylor down in Orlando, myself, Michael Bryan, as I said, in Boston, Massachusetts. Thank you for listening to the Michael Bryan Show. Make sure you like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies, um, and let's get this show going. I, I don't know, what, our, our, what are our Taiwan numbers? Are, are we up? Is my friend Seth Robinson? No, we have the uh, exact same
1: amount of people listening to us in t- Taiwan. Seth is a disgrace. He should be ashamed of himself. Seth, Seth, do some
0: marketing get us going in Taiwan. We want to be in the top ten in at least uh, six months. That would be amazing. Uh, Worldwide here at the Michael Bryan Show. Well, we had last week off. That will not help our Taiwan numbers when we didn't have our show last week, but Jeff and I were both busy. Uh Jeff had to go to Washington, D.C. I went to Gettysburg. Jeff, why don't you start why don't you start off with uh your Gettysburg adventure? I mean, sorry, with your Washington, D.C. adventures.
1: You want me to talk about your Gettysburg yeah, why don't adventure don't you guess guess tell what I did all Gettysburg?
0: About my... <laughs> I'll, I'll guess what you did in Washington, D.C. And yeah, that'll be I'll fun. be honest
1: with you. Your uh your Gettysburg experience, I'm certain, would be much easier for me to guess because What I assume you did is you went around and looked at old-time Civil War uh, battlegrounds and where those took place and where the address was uh, given. Jeff, spoiler alert. Uh, (laughs) Let me tell my story. I was (laughs) in Washington. I was up on Capitol Hill, Mike, which is... uh, Were
0: you a Bill,
1: just a Bill on Capitol Hill? No, I was a Jeff on Capitol Hill. Oh, so you uh, got your
0: Viking helmet, huh?
1: Yeah, not much to uh not much to report as far as what I was doing on Capitol Hill. It's a it's an event I do every year. It involves a lot of the uh people who represent us here in the United States and none of the people who represent Sean in Taiwan. So, uh the Seth. interesting thing, Seth, I uh, it rhymed. <laughs> I guess I went with what rhymed. Seth, yeah. I apologize. The uh, the interesting thing that happened to me in Washington, D.C. is the fact that we do this event on the top of a building. If you've ever seen a television anchor with the Capitol directly behind them giving you news, that's on top of the Hall of States building, which uh, is not far from the Capitol down Capitol Street. And on the other side of where they do those stand ups is a deck that is built for like weddings and parties, so on and so forth. So we were set up on that deck, but that deck has no covering. So we have a tent put over us for us to do our event. And we showed up on Monday and uh, the tent was not there. So that means sons of bitches. That means we can do none of our work because obviously we can't set ourselves up and then they can come in and set the tent up. The tent setup as the uh takes the entire area so they can t- set the top of the tent up and lift it up. so anyway, I don't want to get in too deep into how tent setups go, although no, if I were- please, an hour if I were, intense, Well Jeff. <laughs> I, I, to be honest with you, if the guys that set up the tent are listening, um, I would love to do that because they needed it. We hey, showed Jeff. up at eight in the morning Jeff, Hold up. Can you tell me how you pitch a tent, but really slowly? <laughs> yes. What you do is you type dot bcom oh, yeah. into your browser. That's how you um, pitch a tent. Anyway, these guys, uh, we showed up at 8 a.m., ready to rock and roll, have my coffee, ready to go. And the tent wasn't there. So we spoke to the people from the building and they said the tent guys were supposed to t- set the tent up the day before. Clearly, that had it happened, so they're on the, Who paid for these guys to pitch this tent? The building, I guess, pays for it. No, we didn't pay. Our guy, we don't pay for it. We we book a venue. We tell them what they need. They typically... And this building I've used before, typically, it's all... Everything's great. I think it just mm-hmm. has to do with the fact that you can't get good help these days, Mike O'Brien.
0: I know. You know where? Yeah, exactly. And I don't, especially the event that you were working there, I don't want to get into the good help that you're talking about. But We, okay. were,
1: we were, I was interested to find that uh, at 11 a.m., three hours after we got there, we're sitting there waiting for the 10 people to show up. The 10 people show up and it's two dudes. One of them is a uh, guy clearly from Baltimore who has a shiner on his left eye. It looks like someone are, he's already not done a great job with someone else's tent, and they punched him in the eye. And the other guy, <laughs> I, I kid you not, looks and sounds exactly like Flava Flave.
0: Really? Yes. Was it actually a flavor flavor? I've heard I, he's had money issues.
1: It, it my, maybe. I don't know. Actually this guy told me Did he me, have a
0: clock on his Did he, have <laughs> he a clock? Did
1: it. actually I ended up talking to this guy because that's all he did is talk, not set up a tent. And, what was his uh, actual name? I don't remember what his name was. I don't I don't think I asked, but he told me he's a comedian in DC. <laughs> so, ah, there you go. Yeah. But uh I don't I don't I haven't seen him do stand up, so I can't vouch for him. But anyway, these two guys start setting up the tent. And two guys isn't enough to set these huge tents up. So we basically, from when they showed up at 11 until around one, watched them scream at each other and uh, yell at each other and use a lot of language that I didn't think was appropriate on a work site.
0: But that's my favorite thing is when, especially jobs like that, manual labor, I used to, during COVID, I had... I think six to seven jobs, which we could do a show about at some point. But one of those jobs was Aaron for Aaron's furniture, which is the worst company in the world. And basically their whole business model is to take it really any furniture company is just to take advantage of poor people. And that's, that's what they do instead of a $500 couch, you can get this couch for $17 a month for the next 17 years. And it's just awful. But so I would move furniture and there would just be two of us, where there should have been three or four of us moving the stuff. And all we would do is just yell at each other. I ended up destroying at least three walls. Yeah. Like, nothing, you know? Like, when, when people are doing those things where it's just so easy to say, F it, I don't even care. I mean, then everything just gets destroyed. That poor tent is probably a mess.
1: Well, anyway, so we decide we're going to go have lunch. We're going to leave for an hour. When we come back, there will have been some tent set up that happened. So we leave and go have lunch and come back and the tent is exactly where it was when we left. But there now are two more guys there. But Ooh, let me good. explain these two gentlemen to you. They were both uh, white men and they I thought we were walking into the people who were setting up the stage at Woodstock. They both had long hair, beards, covered in like tattoos that they've given themselves they're not good tattoos they're like they look they look like basically if you give your two-year-old one of those sticker books and they just stick a sticker weirdly into place on every page that's what, what these guys what tattoos look like what would you say i they were early 20s so oh, yeah they were young men uh, i was
0: picturing like 60 year old men here
1: no it looked i felt like i was in 1969 watching woodstock be set up but i looked at them and i said those guys look like addicts, so I assume that they won't be here very long. And lo and behold, with the tents in the exact same uh, fix that they were at the at that point, uh, the tents. One of the tent guys that showed up uh, started to have a stomach ache, which meant he was covered in sweat, shaking, and needed to leave. He was dope sick, and he needed to go get a fix, is what I believe. But he said his stomach hurt. <laughs> So anyway, those two guys leave and then two rednecks show up and I'm like, all right, here we go. The rednecks are here to save the day because if there's anything I know about rednecks is that they know how to set up tents. And uh, I was wrong about that too. So 11 o'clock at night with four people setting up the tent. I'm not even going to count the two guys that were there for an hour and then got dope sick. They finally got those tents set up, and uh, so let me do the math here. Uh, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., that's 12 hours to set up a tent. That's that's pretty good. But, Is it? Um, no, that, Jeff- that should have taken two hours. And you would think if they took 12 hours, the tent would have been put up extremely well. But we get to the second day of this event, and... The wind picks up on top of this building. And we realize that they have tied this tent to one corner of the guardrail around the side that keeps people from falling off of the building. With a 750 pound uh, capable ratchet strap. And that's all that's holding this tent down. So... (laughs)
0: I don't know what that means, but it sounds dangerous. It,
1: the the entire one side of the tent lifted up about four feet off the ground and then slammed back down.
0: No, oh, that, that does And we
1: had members of Congress under this tent. So I immediately jumped to and uh I I, was, I thought, you know, I don't have anything to tie this tent down with, but I do know what I did see earlier in the day was there was a big bucket of sandbags, which way I don't know how much a sandbag weighs, but it weighs more than nothing. So I start grabbing sandbags and ask the guys that are with me to start grabbing sandbags and we start throwing them over the pipes of the top of the tent. So along the edges and I, we probably put another like thousand pounds of sandbags on the side that wasn't fixed to anything and we made it through the day. The wind kept blowing and everything was crazy, but we made it through the day.
0: Were those congressmen and women? Were they worried about their tent stock that was going to be dropping drastically because <laughs> they, of their horrible tent?
1: If they together. invested in this tent company, I, I was I was telling uh, I was I was talking to everyone. <laughs> this was the talk of the entire thing. We were there for a completely different reason. As a matter of fact, let me tell you this. I'm going to say what I was there for. I was there for a group of people who champion better uh, immigration policy. So and, Bob France was talking about uh, last week or the week before. Well, Bob France was there. Yeah. Yeah, I had dinner with him. And uh, so anyway, the fact of the matter is that we also had pipe and drape and four Mexicans that didn't speak a lick of English set up the pipe and drape in like 30 minutes. And I said, we should really rethink what you guys are doing here <laughs> because <Yeah. laughs> if those four Mexicans would have stuck around and set up that tent, it would have been done. In 45 minutes and they probably would have drilled it into the building and we would have never had to worry about it. they would have done it right is what I'm trying to say. So it really changed my my attitude toward, uh, you know, what we were there to, to uh, talk about, although I just so, I take a paycheck.
0: So don't grab people off a of methadone mile and uh, have them put up tents is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, or or maybe we should start, uh, you know, uh, an, an exchange program.
0: What did you do while you are in D.C.? Just work? Did you go to Nationals games? Or did you do anything? No, I the-
1: I, uh, I didn't go to... Th- this is a pretty short trip. I've been to one Nationals game when I was up there for that trip, but it was when they were potentially clinching the wild card the year that they won the World Series. Mm-hmm. So I went to that, and they did clinch the wild bandwagon. card that night. got it. It was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I'm a huge bandwagon fan of the Washington Nationals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you mean the Montreal Expos?
1: That They oh, were the uh, Montreal Expos.
0: That was the NAFTA deal, right? Where in Montreal Expos went to the Nationals. Is that what happened? Yeah, before I before, I don't before know politics.
1: Before you get into before you get into your Gettysburg story, though, it's funny that you opened the show up talking about the hurricane and a potential flood in my house because there was a flood in my house on Sunday. So I put on uh, football on Sunday and my wife was sitting on the couch and she passed out, and my five-year-old was playing with her toys. So I went upstairs and I was doing some stuff upstairs and about an hour later, my wife just screams, Jeff, Jeff, help. And I'm like, oh my God, what's going on down there? So I come down and I hit the bottom, sta- the the final step and I step down into water. The bottom, the bottom floor of my home was flooded with about a half an inch of water. I use a shop vac to clean it up and I think I've sucked up like 75 gallons of water. My five-year-old daughter decided to wash some clothes in the sink on our first level, which is kind of like a guest bathroom. And, yes, I've uh, so been so that she, bathroom. So I'll, I'll tell you what she did. She put the clothes in there. She puts a little bit of uh, hand soap on top of the clothes, and she turned the water on full blast, and then she grabbed her headphones and her Nintendo Switch and went and sat on the couch for an hour. Well-
0: I mean, that's what you do. That's how you wash clothes. You put them in the the washing machine. You go. You do something else. The thing dings, and then you come back and you get your clothes. You put them in the dryer. I don't see anything she did was wrong. Actually, that's exactly how you wash clothes.
1: She she did that, and then I came down and I had to like grab the shop vac, and I'm in. I'm sucking up near inner, the all of the electronics. I'm sucking the water out, and uh, I'm doing that for like 45 minutes. I'm drenched in sh- in sweat. I'm breathing heavy because I've been like running around doing stuff. I'm I'm losing my mind, and I look over, and my daughter's sitting on the couch playing her Nintendo Switch. Still, I'm like, you little. Shit,
0: <laughs> that's crazy because she's like
1: 22. So I mean, <laughs> no, it was the five-year-old. It was the five. My 20. If my 22-year-old daughter would have done it, I would have. She would have had to clean it up herself.
0: <laughs> well, at least she's taking some gumption and cleaning up. I just actually uh, before we tell you about Gettysburg, I uh, my my apartment here in the north end, which I very rarely am at. I'm at my lady friends uh, the majority of the time. She lives like two blocks away. We won't get into our living situations, but, uh, Oh, Oh, we will. Oh, at some point probably. But, um, so anyways, um, last night and said, Oh, our, our bathroom sink is leaking, which I never, I'm the type of tenant that never bothers my landlord. I don't have a lease. My rent is dirt cheap. Like, unless the only, only twice have I ever called and one, uh, tiles were falling out of the, of the shower because my roommate somehow um, broke one of them. And then a bunch of them were also coming out. So I was like, hey, this is going to get all moldy and it's going to be a big deal. You need to fix these tiles. And I'm doing it more for you than me. Like, I don't care if the tiles are broken or not. And so he fixed that. Another a window was broken, just like not like shattered, just the windows were broken and they couldn't shut properly. But then this one, the the sink was the sink was uh, broken. It was leaking. And so the people who come fix it. They're very nice uh, gentlemen. One guy is like 400 pounds. And when he just walks up, I live on the third floor. He immediately walks up the steps and then he sits on the stairs and just like takes a breather before he comes in all the time because it takes him a while to get upstairs. And so they came and they're like, oh, we don't have the parts uh, yesterday they don't have the parts so we'll come back tomorrow and fix it while i was working uh doing the tour guide thing i came back because i'm within 10 minutes of my place and they're fixing the stuff and they're like oh you're getting a new sink and i'm like nice and a lot when they fixed the bathroom tiles before i forgot about this but I just remembered as I walk in, they completely trash your place. <laughs> it's like my living room just is covered. It looks like they dropped wax all over my living room floor. There's just dirt everywhere. Like they just, everything is on my, um on my living room table, which is how it usually is. Anyways, it's usually just shit everywhere, but it's just like, there's, if you hired them to put up your tent, they might put up your tent properly, but they'll just leave the place trashed. Like, there was just, I remember this when they did the tiles. There was just like literally caulk everywhere. I mean, not, you know, caulk, <laughs> not. Caulk, no, it a wasn't caulk. a
1: party that you throw. Yeah. It was them fixing yeah. the yeah. tile.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it was just like there's just everywhere. We had to like clean up all this like wet cock in uh, the last time. This time there's I don't even know what is on my floor right now. <laughs> there's just I'm I'm hoping it's some sort of wax that I can just wipe up. I don't know. It's
1: probably but, plumber's uh, putty.
0: I don't know. It's uh it it's I think it's just water from the like dirty water from the sink i don't know i don't know but uh it's definitely uh, they do it for free
1: so i'm not one to complain whatever no they don't I do it an, for free they don't do it for got, free your landlord pays them this is the problem with your generation but, nobody but, does anything but they for free work
0: for my landlord it, it's not like an outside company it's, it's they get whatever. paid
1: to do what they do
0: okay they yeah, get they, paid
1: to do it they what don't they do, do they don't do it for free mike But it's just
0: the guys. They're just the guys that are here all the time. Anyways, they're good dudes. But so I went to Gettysburg uh, while Jeff was in Washington, D.C. And I I went there because my father, uh, Ken O'Brien, who I love so dearly, is 70 years old. And he's been losing his eyesight. And by losing, he's not like blind. It's just like everything's kind of blurry. He has spots and stuff. He finally officially uh, failed his driver's eye test. He had to like do it every six months because it was his doctor or something like that. He finally failed it. And he loves going to Civil War battlefields. My entire life, I've been to every battlefield up and down the East Coast. And if you're thinking, like, hey, aren't those just empty fields with statues in them? Yep. That's exactly what they are. Every single one. Statues Gettysburg, and churches,
1: bro. Gettysburg
0: is like the Disney world of Battlefields Though it's huge it is beautiful It's beautiful landscape It's a great kind of downtown Small quaint neighborhood I think We looked it up there's like 7,000 people In Gettysburg it is a nice town It's just not my bag
1: There it's, used to be a lot more
0: uh, Yeah good, good point, <laughs> good point yeah. Well no they were Visitors they weren't living there Jeff They just came in and then they left A lot of people behind And then <laughs> This is awful. We're going to hell. The fertilizer there. The
1: grass must be beautiful. So
0: my dad signed up for this, like, uh, uh, the way I was calling it, nerd camp. He goes to nerd camp, and he goes to Civil War nerd camp, and him and a bunch of other old dudes wearing cargo pants and New Balance's in golf shirts and old hats, or those bucket hats and a bunch of uh, really thick, dark sunglasses. And they walk around and they, they listen to some guy talk who's holding some regiment flag he was walking around and and the guys would walk around with the flags themselves i i would just drop my dad off and go away i wasn't i wasn't partaking in this you had to sign up and pay for it and i i didn't do that so i wasn't allowed to fall around sadly
1: i i didn't put up (laughs) the money i I missed this i could hear the dismay in your voice
0: i missed out on some guy being like this general stood right here and said this and and I was 10 years old. I'll never forget this. I was on Little Round Top with my dad. And some ranger was telling us about the, the battle of Little Round Top. And he said, some guy stood right here and said this. And I looked at the guy, little Mike O'Brien, 10 years ago, stood right here. He stood right here in this spot. Right here. And my dad was like, stop it. Stop it. And I was like, no, but he said he stood right here. And my dad was like, stop it. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, that guys full of shit, dad. You know? Like, no way that guy stood here. I do I'm a tour guide for Boston Duck Tours and, and we'll have our history be like, uh, at the battle bunker hill they didn't really say don't shoot till you see the whites of their eyes it's like were you there do you know that that's what i heard that's what we're going with everyone knows they said that so anyways so i drop my dad off and they all go there with their cargo pants and their golf shirts and their hats and they stand in front of a a monument or some sort of historical marker with a, a long explanation of what happens and they either cross their arms or they put their hands on their hips and have a nice wide base and they read it and they go hmm interesting and then they walk away and then they just processed everything my dad when he goes to these things turns into lewis and clark and starts like using old term terminology for stuff like he he kept saying cops of trees i was like what's a what's cops of trees he's like "Like, see those those the cops of trees over there And he pointed to a bunch of trees i was like you mean a bunch of trees dad like just that group of trees. He's like, yeah, it's a cop of cops trees. Of trees. See? I like, when Look have over you there. ever heard? I've never. Yeah. Cops of tree. I've never heard cops of trees in my life. And then he was like, you should what correct him. The was it?
1: You should correct him, though, I, and say, Dad, if you're going to try to talk like them, you should be saying, oh, look, a cup of trees over there.
0: A cup of trees. I don't know. do they have English accents? De- de- yes,
1: know. they definitely no, did. No, they didn't, because yes, England did. was
0: long gone. That was 100, 100 years ago. Buddy, we you done, think they're,
1: they're, they probably actually sounded uh, like a hybrid of what uh, Bostonians and New Yorkers sound like, because- uh, I
0: have a theory about the accents, which I would love to speak to some sort of- accentologist Accentologist or something. I don't know (laughs) what it is. Yeah. But uh, about why we have Boston accents and Baltimore accents and New York accents and all that stuff. And I think it's because whenever the new country came and immigrated to the so when Italians came, they're like, oh, those dirty Italians. And so they wanted to not sound like Italians. So they started trying to sound like everyone else. And that's how and then the Irish came over and then the Italians were like, don't give those Irish jobs. So then they started trying to sound like everyone else. And that's how. No, I, I, up.
1: I, th- I think it's because uh, before our time, you pretty much were. Most people stayed within like a thirty to forty mile radius of where they were born, and then yeah. died. So I think it's uh it's a long time uh, move away from the British accent, and the farther were- away you were. From, but they're
0: trying to sound like the people around them. Oh and no, you your theory! I, like threw I threw
1: that. I threw that. You, I threw your theory directly at the word. Right? <laughs> no, it's not. So it's maybe off.
0: someone uh, listening out there is an knowledgeist professor. I don't know what we're calling. And can can get this theory uh, uh, of Jeff and I's? Hold Who's on, I'll right, Google it I'm real quick. Right. Right. I know I'm right. No, you can't Google that. No, That's I'm like I'm googling a long... what
1: a person that knows about accents is called. Oh, okay. Oh, I gotta um, hear. So, I gotta hear. Right. Asshole. <laughs> ah, <hey-o>.
0: <laughs> 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 hey. <laughs> professor Asshole to you, sir. Um so anyways, so he's going around Gettysburg. He he's he's getting when he, he He'll be like, pick me up here, and I'm like, where's here? He's like, well, you go west down Apple. I'm like, what's west, Dad? I don't know what west is. What are you talking about? Tell me. Dude, to take a left at Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know west.
1: When I when I when I was working in West Virginia in the very hilltops of West Virginia, they literally gave directions like, yeah, you go west after the holler on the left. Like, like, I I I thought to myself, I. I I get Somebody has to be able to tell me to turn right on this street, but that's not what they do. They literally say, yeah, there's a big oak tree, and uh, then you'll see a holler, then you head west. They literally still do that to this day. Well, we do that
0: in Boston. I don't know the names of the roads, but I'll be like, oh, you go upstate. Oh, I know like the main ones, but I'll be like, oh, you go down Newberry Street. And then there's, this, uh, then there's this abandoned building and there's this homeless guy in a wheelchair. And you take a right at that. <laughs> His name's Mr. Gassett, And then you get to Commonwealth. You get to the park. You take a left. And you keep going straight. And you go underneath the tunnel. And then you come up and there's uh, the sicko sign. You keep walking towards the sicko sign. Take a left at the old Hotel Bunkbister. And then you'll see Fenway Park. And that's how you get to Fenway. Like, I don't say go down these streets. I'm, like, literally giving... But I don't say east, west, north. I
1: don't know that crap. Well, no none of us has a crap. compass. Oh, actually, we, yeah. all, we all have a compass. None of us use it.
0: My dad, too. It's so weird. I've been working on bits about this, but to how I'm coming to grips with me being old. But then I'm also coming to grips with my parents being old. And it's just like it's eye opening of just like how old they are. And I don't even know if my dad's right anymore. I used to know he was always right. Now I'm just like, I think you're bullshit. I think it's almost like Jeff Taylor bullshit because you're 67 years old. You do the same shit. You just act like you know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right, he sounds right. I don't know. (laughs) My dad's just telling me, go east down this street. I'm like, is that really east? I don't know if it's east. How do I know if it's east?
1: You know what's funny is that it was some guy like me that said, don't start shooting until you see the whites of their eyes. Right, yeah, yeah. He's exactly. the guy that told the story about that. It yeah, absolutely right. didn't happen. It was a complete and utter falsification. He got one laugh out of it, and for the rest of eternity, people are well, going to keep go saying that. It. Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's all history is. I'm I convincing. I'm history's convincing. Just, history's just trust. Just listen to the person talk and go, okay, you seem
1: pretty confident. No, about that. Let's go with listen that. to absolutely. the most convincing person talk. Yeah, the smartest guy might have a stutter, and you don't believe him at all. No, nope, But if right. there is some idiot who's very convincing, i.e. me, that's who you go with, You go with his information. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely. 100%. I agree with that. 100%. Um, but so, so that happened. But what happened, uh, we drove down Friday to Gettysburg. It's about six hours from Northampton, Massachusetts, where I... Uh, I grew up, and my dad lives now. So we got in his car, and we drove out there. But I just dropped him off, dropped him off at like four thirty at the hotel, and he's like, "I gotta go here, there, and everywhere." I was like, "Can you walk there?" He's like, "Yes." It's like, I'm Dude, gonna
1: why would you do well, that?
0: Have walk your blind ass? Yeah, to he can't see. Oh no, well enough to while we're at the drive.
1: You got see. him walking he can around. See.
0: He can walk. He's like Junior
1: Soprano. He's showing up in his underwear and a robe.
0: (laughs) He's fine. He's 70. He just he's blotches. He's good. He made it to where he's supposed to go. But I was like, I'm going to Baltimore and I'm going to get drunk and watch the Orioles play. And I'm I've never I've been I've been to Baltimore, but as like as a kid. And I and I went once actually in my mid-20s. Uh, my buddy lived out there, but didn't go to a game. But Baltimore is a pretty cool city. I like Baltimore when you stay to certain areas, and um, <laughs>
1: where you stay in certain areas is that's the caveat you got to throw in there. Because yeah, uh, you know, I mean, don't go too part, far. Certain off the parts beam. of Baltimore <laughs> not so cool. Just yeah, saying.
0: let me just say, you know, when you start seeing abandoned buildings, that you know you've gone a little off the uh, waterfront a little too far or the harbor, whatever. It's
1: roll called. them up. It,
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um so I I luckily got an Airbnb literally right across the street from the stadium, right next to these bars, pickles and sliders, and that's like the the main spots. It almost if people are familiar with uh Wrigleyville, it's kind of like rig- a smaller Wrigleyville where there's like, outdoor bars and it's a really cool area. And I went there, got drunk, went to the game, and this is crazy. So I did paid my paid my 10 bucks to get in and there's no one there. I went to sit in the rich people seats as I do. I don't sit where I'm supposed to be. And I sit down I'm three rows behind home plate and there's this very attractive African-American man sitting there and I'm starting to talk to him and I'm like, why are you in town? And he's like, oh, I'm here for work. And I was like, oh, what do you do for work? He's like, oh, I'm an actor. And he looked, he looked and he held himself like a famous dude but he was cool as he was cool as hell he was really cool and we're just pounding beers him and his friend you're like Austin, who are you he's he like an actor. i
1: don't want to i don't want to give it away but no uh, but he was no i, was I, like, I, I i'm not going to tell you who i am but uh, i'll give you one hint i'm not your father i'm your father <laughs> <laughs> Who is that supposed to be Who's was that in the jeff taylor accent well come on dude i said the line i'm your father yes darth vader is yes. that supposed to
0: be darth vader yeah 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 I think you quoted him wrong and didn't sound I like. I did him. quote him
1: wrong. Well, no, <laughs> yeah. nobody ever is is ever able to sound like uh, Earl uh, James, James Earl, Earl Jones. Jones. Nobody is, can is sound like name. him, and <laughs> that's the problem. That's why when he retired from being Darth Vader the other day, it was such big news because they're like, I guess no he one's ever going to do no one's ever going to be able to be Darth Vader again because nobody can sound yeah. like that is true
0: so anyways so i'm just pounding beers with this guy the guy next to him is also an actor austin but he kind of looks like me and i don't recognize him at all but i'm talking to this guy i'm like what have you been in he's like yellowstone 18 like all these shows and i'm just like you know what and i was telling him like i haven't seen those shows but i heard they're amazing shows and it's funny now what you don't know who these really good actors are anymore because they're not in movies because the famous people don't do movies anymore. They do these episodic shows because that's where the money is now. And those episodic shows on Netflix and things like that. Yes. You don't make money in the movies anymore because there's no DVD sales as Matt Damon went on an epic rant. So I'm talking to this guy. His name is LaMonica Garrett. And I Googled him. He's like legit, like real actor. He was telling me, he's like, I'm winning awards and stuff. And we became Instagram. We're following each other on the Instagram. So I don't know. Maybe I'll be famous and he'll like me or something. I don't know. Maybe he'll listen to the show. Maybe he'll go film something in Taiwan, can listen in Taiwan and increase our, our listeners. I don't know. But it was a lot of fun. The oils are awesome. Oh, He, was a, he was a slam ball player. He was a slam. My friend said that he's like the leading points getter in slam ball history. Which Didn't I wish we try I
1: out for slam ball?
0: Did, we did actually? You're right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I need to message this guy and be like, listen, I want you on the show. We're not gonna talk anything about your acting. I want to talk about slam ball. Yeah, an right, all-time it? leading points getter in slam ball history. Yeah, he's so like funny. The, he's the he's the Michael Jordan of Slam Ball. The guy played bat, or football in division two at this place, and he was a cool dude, and we just drank oh, the entire he's, time. He's only a couple months older drunk, than me. My drunk ass at the end of the game. I'm just like, hey, I'm out of here because I wanted to
1: go to the casino down the street. Oh, no, he's in, the, he's in like, the terminal list, buddy.
0: Yeah, the terminal list. Yeah. He's, he's filming something with, um, with the girl from Spider-Man and, um, and Nicole Kidman. Wow. In Baltimore, that's what he's doing. The terminal list, yeah. I, that, I mean, it's... I recognized him once I saw his, like, once I saw an actor-actor picture, I'm like, oh, I've seen that guy before. But when you see him in person, you just didn't realize.
1: We, so, it's so funny to think back to that because I would have never remembered that until I just looked at that, but... We went down when they when that was brand new because that's the trampolines basketball, right? Slam Trampoline ball? basketball. Yeah. yeah so uh, they were they were doing uh, tryouts in Orlando for the Orlando team at the time, and we went down there and tried out. And you, I don't remember that. At you all. wore I not remember that. You you wore your uh, headband and your basketball shorts and your like coffee stained shirt t-shirt and you were not in the best of shape at the time and i i, I actually was in good shape, but still not good enough shape to be a I honestly, slam ball player. I remember
0: all this BS I've ever done in my life. I do not remember that at all. Maybe
1: it wasn't. It was definitely you. Who else would have if gone with me? you did it,
0: you yeah. quit before I quit. So you yeah. so would
1: have done that. The before. reality of it is I remember vividly that d- nobody else would have gone with me. You were the only person that I could talk into going down and trying out for that. But the fact of the matter is we get there and it's clear from the very beginning that there's absolutely no chance that we are going to be able to make these teams because there are guys that literally barely missed playing in the NBA, trying out, yeah, for, slam doing, ball. Trying to pull out for slam ball. And then yeah, this, guy,
0: this guy was telling me that he was like in NFL training camps and stuff like that. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, I don't remember trying out for slam ball, but it sounds like something I do. And I'm really disappointed that I don't remember the trying out for slam ball but i believe you you seem pretty confident about telling that story jeff so i believe you
1: that one is the truth i have a friend (laughs) i have a friend who bs's like me and when when he's bsing you if you're getting to the point where you're getting ready to punch him in the face all you have to do is tug on your ear like this you can't see me but think about someone just tugging on their ear And then he's forced to tell you whether or not he's telling you the truth or not. So I'm giving you one of these. I'm telling the truth. We really tried out for slam ball.
0: Huh. Interesting. So after the game, there's it's a good setup. There's bars around the stadium where the Ravens plays right behind the baseball stadium. And then right behind that, there's a casino. But after the game, I go to this place called Sliders. And there I meet the most famous man in Baltimore, the uh, the beer man um oh man what was his name i got it right here it's on my it's on my instagram his name is uh, uh clancy clancy the beer man he's like the most famous beer vendor in baltimore history he's been there for years get your and he has his own like here. craft brew
1: get your uh, he, get your Bud Light. Ha-
0: he has a hat and he flips, Cold it up. Light here. He a, he flips the hat up I've like wesley him, i've seen him i've seen him you know who he is? Yeah, yeah, he flips the hat up like uh, Wesley Snipes and White Man Can't Jump and he writes Clancy on the brim. And he has his own, like some local brewery made Clancy the Beer Man beer. And he goes and he sits at the bar afterwards and everyone takes pictures with him and he tries to get you to buy the Clancy the Beer Man beer. But some guy from Baltimore that was there was just like buying me, me and him were just buying each other shots. I get freaking hammered, go to the casino. And it was one of those trips where all of a sudden you look down and I was blackout. And I'm just like, whoa, I won like five, six hundred bucks. And then you couldn't get free drinks at the casino. So the people I was I just sat at a table with. It was just like a dude's trip. And they're all buying everyone drinks and we're all just drinking. And then all of a sudden I have like a hundred bucks. And I was like, oh, I got it. I just lost like four hundred bucks. I got to go. And then I left. But it was a really fun trip. Baltimore is an amazing city. So then I drive back to Gettysburg and my dad still doing his nerd thing. And uh, I took a nap because I was so hung over. And then we went out to eat. And then the next day we watched the Patriots. And then just like, then he he shows me around the fields again. He drives around. He knows all of Gettysburg, even though he's blind. He knows how to take lefts and rights and go west at the shimmy, whatever they're called. I don't even know what he would call these hills and stuff. I don't know. But uh, it was a lot of fun bonding with my dad. It's I don't get to see my dad as much because he lives two hours away. Uh, but yes, yeah, seeing my dad grow old and senile is a uh, very, very uh, just heartwarming thing to experience. And I look forward in the future to driving my dad on future road trips since he is unable to do so.
1: I think you're going to have to soon because I'm pretty sure it's not going to be that long before Jack loses his license too. You're gonna have to go up there and try to your dad and Jack. He's referring to my brother. Uh, hey, I already lost my license, so I lost my license before my brother so did. Here's so the guy. I can't
0: you can't you Jack's gonna have to him. drive you and your dad around. I can't make a joke about Jack losing his license because well, I already I did. did. So I got it back though, so it's good. It's good. <laughs> well, folks, that was uh story time of our week in our sinks and our houses and water and meeting famous people and meeting famous beer men and tense and oh we we went all down the we, we learned all the kit and caboodle of our uh, weeks and things to go like i said we sadly uh do not have a guest this week yeah, it was i kind of tried but uh we couldn't get a hold of the person stop apologizing
1: uh, dude the only person you should be apologizing to is our patreon members that pay for the show and we don't have yeah, a patreon uh, so all oh, right right moving no, on
0: that's true so uh but we are are going to get uh, on on with the show here and talk about uh, the two big news stories in Boston and in Orlando when we come back so coming up next, our favorite segment the news welcome back to the Mike O'Brien show thank you for continuing to listen like I said, like, subscribe tell your friends, tell everybody about the great Mike O'Brien and Jeff Taylor, even though Jeff Taylor just,
1: you know does bad hack jokes all the time. That's what my thing is. I'm not a professional comedian. I can get away with it. I can get away with it. I don't have to act as though I've devoted my life to being funny, so I can be hack. You
0: know what's funny when you say you do, because I always say I do comedy, that I'm not a comedian. Have I been paid to do comedy? Yes, I have been paid to do comedy, but I haven't been paid a lot to do comedy. But whenever like, I sat next to La Monica there from um, um, Uh, yellowstone um he just thought like when i said i do comedy he just thought i was a real comic and then he's a famous actor and he's just telling me about all his famous real comedian friends and i'm just like yeah no not like that kind of comedian you know a successful one i'm not like that at all (laughs) dude i've been on
1: cruise ships before and those guys feel perfectly comfortable calling themselves comedians so as you should too
0: they're getting paid but, uh, yeah, but boat
1: comedy is like that's the lowest I have lots form. Of
0: two crews. Yeah, they don't like it, but they get paid a lot. I'm going yeah. to Capo tonight to pay to Capo in South Boston to do comedy to do it for free, and I'm gonna have to pay for my Bud Lights. But hey,
1: it's, listen, it is what listen, it is. I keep telling you, and Bob backed me up on this. We discussed it uh, behind your back while we went to dinner is that the reason why you aren't 50 times bigger than you are is because you don't believe in yourself man you got to stop uh, you got you got to start having some self confidence we both think you're very funny maybe uh, comedy is not what you're going to be good at but Something, <laughs> something. We'll find it. You're 41. It's gonna happen sooner we'll figure, or later. We'll figure out your lot in life, Mike.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. Out of these 47 jobs, you got to be good at. I mean, one you've of been them. doing it for
1: 10 years. years. <laughs> You're doing open mics. I mean, it's going in the right direction, right? It's going in the right direction. Absolutely. It's perfect. Yeah.
0: But we have big news stories going on uh, here in Boston, here in Orlando. I guess since you started last time, I will start with the big news story here in Boston, and of course, in Mike O'Brien fashion, I will butcher the name multiple times the amazing story of he doka is just the head coach of the former head coach no of he's the still the head celtics. coach of
1: the boston celtics
0: he's yeah he's not
1: so dude you um, guys what, you guys literally f- fired a coach let him serve out a year and then brought him right back for cheating yeah the, the, so, the red sox did that but this yeah. is a
0: different situation this is a different situation no it's, I so, know
1: the, the one guy cheated at the sport this guy cheated on his wife which is yeah, way more acceptable way more but, acceptable
0: but one thing okay one thing about this story that is amazing is when at first Adrian Wojnowski I remember I was about to go to sleep and all of a sudden the Woj bomb hits and I'm just like what the F is this and he won't say he's just saying Emei's gonna get Suspended for a year, if not more, if not fired. And you're like, for what? For what? For what? For what? And then
1: dip in his pen out. in the company ink. But then,
0: okay, yes. But then you're like, you hear that, that, okay, he cheated on someone. He cheated on, on Neil Long, which is a, a restable offense uh, in the first place. and But then it's with someone at work. And you're like, dude, it's the NBA. Those dudes, I would literally see. Players, when I covered the magic on the bench, give numbers to the ball boys who would go in the crowd and they would point and they would be like this. And the ball boy would point at the woman and they'd be like, no, that one. And then he'd be like this one. and I'd be like, yes. And then he would hand the hand, the number to the girl. And they'd, then the guy would just wave and be like, yeah, what's up, girl? And like these guys cheat on everything and anything that moves. Ime Odoka's been with Neil Long. For however long, they have a 10-year-old kid. They've been engaged for six-something years. Are you telling me that she's not getting married to him for, because he probably has cheated in the past? Yes. So, okay, so everyone knows that coaches cheat, players cheat. It's, it's the NBA. I just dropped a golf ball on my computer, but it's the NBA. It's professional sports. It's dudes with money. It's what happens. But this, so the second, getting suspended for a year, I'm just like, that's not, even if he was banging his secretary, He's not getting suspended for that. He's getting suspended for something more. And then slowly but surely, when you go down the Internet, when you go down Twitter feeds, of course, 90 percent of it's probably BS. But from what I heard, from from what I heard, which I mean, the weirdest thing is no everyone's saying Matt. Ball. Barnes literally came out and said, like, Oh, you're holding the man down, and this is ridiculous, and no one should ever lose their job over sleeping with someone in their office, especially in the NBA. And then he came back a day or two later and was just like, Yo, I just heard the story, and Ime should never is never coaching again. And the story is messed up and it's really bad. And it's whatever you think happened, it's not even close to what happened. So why is no one, people are coming out saying they heard the story. Local radio people are like, I've heard the story. It's messed up. It's not what you think. The guy will never coach in the NBA again. He will never coach in basketball again for what happened. Yet no one is saying what story of this uh, this magnitude has gone to this point where people are literally confirming what happened and not saying what happened, which to me is ridiculous. As a, as a reporter, people come up with these crazy stories all the time, and they're wrong. When school shootings happen and stuff, they're like, oh, there's three shooters, and the guy killed his mom. And then, and then you're like, no, it was only one guy, and his mom is – not they just go on live, and the news just reports anything and anything just to tell a story. This one, they're just like, we're not saying shit to me. that People are saying they know what really happened, and they're not saying what happened.
1: It's funny because I Googled it to see if there was any new information coming out. And all they're talking about is the fact that Shaq will not comment on the situation. Shaq (laughs) won't comment. That's my favorite one.
0: Shaq is just like, I'm not saying anything because I'm a serial adulterer. Watch my favorite thing. Speaking of Shaquille O'Neal, one of my favorite things about sports talk radio is you just get numbers. You get dudes numbers. I've, I've called very famous people on their cell phone. And you just come across phone numbers. My favorite one was Shaquille O'Neal. And his answering machine message was literally, you've reached my side piece phone. And he, he and he's, his nickname is something about Wilt Chamberlain. His phone is basically like, if you're calling this number, it's because I'm trying to bang you. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what the, what's the answer machine message was? And I was just like, hell yeah, because I got the number from some hot chick out of Fridays when I told her I worked in sports radio. And she was like, I was at a club last night. Shaquille O'Neal gave me his number. I was like, give me that number. And she gave me the number. And it was like, hey, you calling this number, you're about to get banged by Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> I was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shaq. But allegedly. He, I, I allegedly. Hate I hate it. Allegedly. 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 I hate it when people come out on all on their their high horse and you're like, dude, you shouldn't be talking about that. like when Ray Lewis was talking about the Aaron Hernandez murder. You're like, okay, Ray Lewis, why don't you calm down with what you think actually happened here, Mr. White suit? You know, like just I hate that when dudes, you know, politicians, they try to say, ah, this, that, and the other thing, and then they're They're doing stuff to do to the bathroom. That's what I'm saying. If you
1: ever hear a politician coming out hard against, like, gay rights.
0: They 100% did whatever. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 Whenever, when let me phrase this. Whenever some athlete or politician ever says, "My family means the world to me," that means they are banging everything and anything that moves. They're never home. They probably beat their kids. Like they're proud. They're the worst. Anyone who has to reiterate that their family means the world to them, it's like, yeah, no crap, dude. Of course your family. Anyone who has to say that is has the most skeletons in their closet of anyone else. But since I have no um tie into anything from what I understand happened, allegedly, probably didn't happen, but I've heard happened. You're willing is to talk about banged, it at least. I'm willing to talk about it, but I don't know if I'm right or not. But from what I've heard is he banged two people. One of them was a lower level almost like the head accountant. Like the it's funny I do a joke about the head accountant for the Patriots, but the he was like the head accountant for the Celtics and and Ime was sleeping with that guy's wife a got he he figured out something was up because there was a ring cam that overheard a conversation on her phone when she was walking up to the door she was saying something scandalous and it was to Ime. and then he got a private investigator found has pictures of them sleeping in the bed together and then that private investigator found out he was sleeping with with at least one other, if not two other people who worked in the Celtics organization. And, um, then when the main woman who was married to the accountant was like, we have to break it off. Basically no better terms went Mark Wahlberg from fear and just went crazy and was like stalking her and showing up at the house and crazy stuff like that. But that part, I'm, I don't know how much, how, Far he went but I like referring to it as he went Mark Wahlberg from fear I remember fear uh, if he
1: went that far he probably will never coach again
0: I don't know I don't know if he took the he beheaded the dog and put a head on a stick and went through the dog door but or (laughs) yes or started punching him in the chest uh, himself in the chest (laughs) but supposedly he started like doing crazy like stalker type stuff and that was like but the best if you listen to the press conference Dan Shaughnessy, who's like the most famous columnist other than Bob Ryan in Boston history, really, he asked the question, did you vet him at other places? Did he have this type of behavior at other organizations? Which 100% of Dan Shaughnessy's asking that question means that he had a shady past at these other places and they should have known that was going to happen. And there was something in his contract that said he could not have relationships i mean it might be in every contract but that he cannot have relationships with other people who work in the organization and apparently it was more strongly worded than your regular hr like don't bang anyone at work uh wording apparently everyone knew that amy amy likes to bang and uh he was pretty open about it And uh, I guess things just went really off the rails in
1: Boston. I I have a hard time throwing stones at him because I think that's I mean, I'm not into it the way he is. Like I would never cheat on my wife, but uh, if he's able to pull off like five relationships with five different women at the same time, that's hard work, man. That's harder to coach, team.
0: I'm 41 and just like I do comedy on the side. And tonight I'm supposed to go to, to do a show at Capo in South Boston. And I told my lady friend, Oh, I'm doing a show. Well, why don't we just started the Jeffrey Dahmer thing? And why don't you just go do your show? And once you're done with your set, come right back because we got to I'm like, Jesus, could you imagine if you had like two or three different girlfriends? You're like, How the Bro. hell? Do you do that? How do you keep track of what you're watching on Netflix and Hulu at the same time? Do you have to act like, oh, my God, I've seen this Jeffrey Dahmer thing like seven (laughs) times with seven different
1: women? How do you do that? He's probably a really good gaslighter. He's probably like, we already watched that, honey. I don't remember watching it. We watched it.
0: We watched it. Yeah, (laughs) trust me. We we watched watched it. it yeah absolutely like imagine if you just hated this movie and then you had to watch it seven different times with Dude, seven different women If he's
1: pulling off seven women he knows how to get out of watching the same movie over and over again trust me the guy is a professional at this he knows he, what he's doing
0: he may also like i hate being like i i i had I, he gave me bad vibes but he just gave me the heebie-jeebies just he had he was,
1: bro that's racist. straight
0: laced Always know his eyes. Look at his eyes. He just has weird, like, piercing eyes, and he never smiles. The only time I ever saw him smile is when they won the Easter Conference Championship, and he was running, and they keep showing it, and he's running back to the room, and he sees the girl, that one of the girls that he was sleeping with, and he high-fives her, and he smiles as he walks in, and that's the only time I've ever seen him smile. And I remember thinking when I saw him go into the locker room, wow, that's the only time I ever saw that guy smile. And whenever he's in interviews, he's so straight-laced, he doesn't joke. He has no, he has like no personality. I'm just like yikes, this guy just he just kind of he gave me the heebie-jeebies. What can I say? And he's never. And the reason why they suspended him instead of firing him is because they didn't want to throw off the players because they really like him. And they're like, all right, we'll suspend him. And they're just kind of hoping they do really well. And then they'll be like, hey, you guys just won the finals or made the finals again with this guy, so we're just keeping him. And they'll be like, all right, yeah, fine
1: yeah i guess i mean the reality of it is if it's in his contract that he can't do it then they have a reason to fire him but fire uh, him
0: so why didn't they fire him if it's in his contract hey don't sleep with your traveling secretary also set up set up his travel and neil long's travel and be on the phone with neil long his his freaking girlfriend of 10 years and baby mom and fiance and when she was moving to boston which he's lived here for a year and a half now she's just finally moving to boston two weeks ago the woman he was sleeping with was setting up needle longs, like the, Dude, like helping him house hunt.
1: The reality of it is, though, is that this is not uncommon. This is no, very common. Not uncommon,
0: but that's so, why him getting suspended for a year, something more than that happened. So that's why I'm saying I think he went all Mark Wahlberg in fear and went all maybe. But let the, me let me say this. Track.
1: I'm not exactly looking to the NBA when it comes to punishing properly. Because the fact that Anthony Edwards got a $40,000 fine and the Suns owner might have to sell the team is ridiculous to me.
0: My favorite thing of all time is what happened with the Clippers with what's his name? who's a horrible human being. Um, The guy who owned the Clippers who bought it for a million and then sold it for $4 billion. And the guy who owned the Suns bought it for $20 million is going to sell it for $5 billion. They're like, all right. We're going to show you, you have to make for sale and you could never uh, own a team in the NBA again. It's like, all right, fine. Then I'll just buy my own court side seats to a team I actually like and not this crappy Suns team that I had to buy because it was the cheapest one. Like, I, I I don't understand this whole, like, we showed him, we made him sell his stake in the the Suns and he profited a billion dollars. It's like, how is that? That's yeah, I,
1: I i don't understand. I don't understand who's in charge of th- I Do they have a little wheel that they spin? It's like,
0: yeah, who who doles out the you're off the hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who doles out the punishment should be like you can't sell the team and you just get your money back for what you put in and you have to go. That should be the punishment. They can't do that, though. They probably can't do that. They
1: can't even make the guy sell the team. I mean, the reality of it is the guy sell the team. The, you know, Dan Snyder.
0: Yeah. Dan Snyder. Holy crap. Still
1: owns the Washington team in football at the Maryland Stadium. Is that what they're called now? (laughs) I don't know.
0: Yeah. Maryland (laughs) commanders of Anaheim or something. I don't (laughs) know what they are. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just crazy uh, how you try to punish billionaires. How do you really punish billionaires. You don't. You're just like, oh, so I just get to stop being bothered and get to go to my amazing mansion and just chill and watch the red zone and drink all day? Yeah. No. All right. I'll do that. That sounds good to me.
1: The easiest way to punish them would be to uh, like add their name to the flight uh, itinerary of Epstein's jets <laughs>
0: <laughs> all of a sudden yeah all of a sudden yeah just just what's her name just lane or whatever just names them as one of the people is like hey hey hey, hey, hey. All,
1: right, all right punish a right. ton of billionaires <laughs> <Yeah>. that way
0: <laughs> all right all right guys we're done here I'll sell the team all right we're all done here you got me you got me so Jeff big news in Florida of course the 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 uh, big hurricane. What is the name of this hurricane? I don't even. I stop wearing Ian. Ian, I hate the fact when people just when people come up here. I had people on my duck tour today that are from Florida avoiding the storm, but they didn't do my my number one pet peeve. Is when they're like, "Oh, Ian's." Ian's uh, bringing havoc like he's me drunk at a frat party and just breaking windows and falling through tables or something. It's like, dude, it's not a person. It's a storm that's killing people. Well, the like, funny thing the to me is
1: it. that like the the really bad ones are the names that you're like. That sounds like a pussy name, like Charlie, yeah. Andrew, Michael, Ian. It's like Hurricane Chad wreaks havoc on. Why Florida. can't I
0: think of the one that destroyed New Orleans? Katrina. Katrina. Yeah, Katrina sounds <laughs> That's like a mess up. Yeah, Katrina she she, shit
1: up. she she could definitely uh well, that Katrina, might be <laughs> that might be the name of the girl that Eme was with.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh the hurricane in Nor- uh, Katrina it didn't isn't didn't actually destroy the city. It was the fact that the, the levees broke. The levees were so bad. That's why. I and
1: was a big Led Zeppelin fan. I would have never lived somewhere that there were levees because when levies, the levee breaks. Breaks.
0: Yeah. You're done. And they were done. So how is Orlando, Florida? You're lucky. You're inland. You're right in the middle of the state. So by the time I lived there, and that was when we had three hurricanes in a month or something like that, and only one was kind of bad. Charlie. Char- was that it? I Charlie Francis
1: are. and Irene, I think were those three um I, that was
0: right when I was moving too, and I stayed because I had because Terry got me tickets to miami FSU and the game kept getting delayed, and so I kept staying because I wanted to go to the game. It was down in Miami, and I drove from Orlando to Miami and back. It was like two hours because no one was on the highways. So yeah. It was actually pretty cool but um so what's it like going through? Uh, a bad hurricane. Is this as bad as everyone's saying it is? And I don't even know if you're, are you in the the middle of it right now? No, it hasn't gotten
1: here yet. It's been raining all day and uh, there's been some gusts of wind, but the reality of it is that even when we're so inland that even when the storm is really, really bad, like knocking down trees we're not going to flood it's not going to be any of those things like i feel bad for the people that live on the coast but i mean that's the price you pay you live on the coast in florida every 100 years there's probably going to be a hurricane that comes in and uh, wipes that, out a bunch every of stuff 20 years. no 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 every 20 we, years. they don't hit the same place every time
0: no i know that but yeah, like, like, like once every 5 or 6 years something hits bro the, i've the West lived coast of florida. i've
1: lived in orlando for 47 years mm-hmm and the catastrophic hurricanes that have hit orlando in my 47 years is 5. Really? Okay. Yes. So that's so like
0: every 10 years. 10 years.
1: Yeah, but the but they don't hit the same place. Like one of them hit Miami. Yeah, one of, one them of them hit the the higher east coast of Florida. They, hmm. they just they don't hit the same place like they were no, talking I about know that but, Ta- Tampa. Yeah. Tampa was originally supposed to take the brunt of this hurricane and they may still take the eye the eye wall when it's a category four or five. Uh, Tampa hasn't been hit by a hurricane since 1921. They've made it one hundred and one years.
0: Hmm. Oh, so all
1: right. re- yeah. really, really, you take the risk of a very, uh, a very, I- I'd say pretty low risk if a once in a lifetime thing of your your place being destroyed by a hurricane.
0: Remember, okay, this is a great 1080 story, and we maybe get into who we said we were not gonna talk about, but we may talk about the guy who ruined the job for us. We had this program director, we'll just call him Chris. And when he started He had a sister wearing, named
1: Leslie who was making uh, <laughs> the NFL. <laughs>
0: Anyways, believe he, me,
1: all you had to do was be in the room with him. You'd know exactly yeah, who'd know was. exactly who his sister was sister and his brother-in-law.
0: So then He we're just this podunk station that you couldn't even listen in the parking lot of the place. And he had this thing saying we had to stay on that. We were going to notify people about what was going on because people had transistor radios and they were going to be listening to 1080. And we had to keep the station going. So. I was on. I wasn't there that long. Jeff, were you there for a while? I, I, they kept you me like on slept there.
1: They they kept they literally kept me on because this hurricane was going to hit. Because I gave my notice and my notice, my two weeks notice were up before the hurricane hit, and they paid me extra to stay on as the engineer to make it through these hurricanes. So no, I never slept there. My hurricane Charlie story is pretty funny because. My parents were in the Keys lobstering. We have first world problems and they got evacuated. So they were evacuated with their complete haul of lobster and they had this big freezer in their garage that they would put the lobster in. And it was also filled with filet mignon. So they were worried that the power was going to go out. So they called me and my siblings and our entire families went over to their house and we cooked surf and turf before the hurricane hit and I got hammered and I passed out and I woke up and the hurricane was already gone. But let me let me uh, let me I I, I rarely if e- ever defend the guy, but I will go out on a limb and defend uh, Bliss Lisser. On this one, (laughs) he we were we were an emergency alert system, so we had to stay on the air. There was I had to drive out to the to the transmitter site and make sure that the generator had kicked in and that the power stayed on the entire time. I was filling up the generator with gas to make sure it kept going. And we had to stay on the air. As far as program went, we did not have to have any program on. It could be dead air. And then the emergency alert system could have gone yeah. on. My call, had I still been the program director, he replaced me as program director. I probably would have uh, put the weather channel on air, a local weather channel, like local like uh, yeah. CFN News 13. I probably would have put their television feed on air. And had those EAS uh, broadcasts going over the air while the storm was happening, but he had to do something to keep the uh, to keep the station on air. But, but I'll so tell you this: anyways, I'm sh- I'm certain, knowing him, I'm certain that he took all the credit for keeping the thing on air. I did it.
0: Do you? So do you remember? You left, and I left shortly thereafter as well, too. But uh, he, Mike Corbett, and I saw this. We, there was a plaque hanging there for years. My name saying, was like, on it. The heroes, my name was on it too. The heroes of Hurricane Charlie enlisted all <laughs> of us that kept. Uh, ESPN 1080 on the air during Hurricane Charlie. You know, I
1: was surprised contact. that my name was on that plaque because literally when I put my two weeks notice in, I left and they had a meeting and and the owner of the place said that I was the worst employee that he ever had. Which yeah. was the funniest thing ever. Man, because You're a hero. You <laughs> left the
0: station on the air. Because Sis
1: uh, uh, Blisser might have been a little bit less uh, good than me. He might have turned all, out to be the worst.
0: All I remember about that hurricane is listening to the radio. Well, two things happened in that hurricane. One, I was living with Natalie and Stephanie, my roommates in Orlando, that I met at the Disney College program. They both worked at restaurants and everyone lost power except for us. And so I came home one day and there was like just 12 people in our Two bedroom or three bedroom apartment, and I was just like, "What's going on?" They're like, "They all lost power, so they're staying with us." I'm like, "For how long?" And we had like 13 people living with us for like a week and a half, and it was a nightmare. And um, all we do is we just watch like watch DVDs of stuff. But every time I listen to the radio, all I remember is jugarabo Garabo just telling us where to get ice all the time. Well, here's just how you get ice. This is how... I'm like, who needs ice that? I like really. I mean, I guess if you have a kid or something like that. I don't know. But they're acting like ice was gold back then, and I, I just never understood how y- I could have gone without ice and been 100 percent fine in my
1: life. Drew Garabo was one of my favorite uh, Orlando radio personalities of all Drew, time. He's amazing. He, I, yeah, I
0: he's through a rough thing right now, apparently. But I follow him on the Instagram. Yeah, he, he's got the cancer. He's he's doing. Oh, well, I, didn't though, know, I, guess, I didn't know. I didn't know that. The the last oh, yeah, testicular cancer, and he's doing. He's not. He, he was doing bad, but now he's doing pretty good, I guess.
1: The last time I interacted with Drew was I had to pick up my will call tickets that Dante Marcatelli left for me at will call, and Drew was working the will call. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, uh, yeah. This is uh, so hurricane. So hopefully you will be fine, Jeff. Hopefully you won't. The only, the only, um, the only havoc that will be caused in your house with water is from your five-year-old daughter <laughs> flooding hope. your place, and not uh, something that uh, has to do. With I have the a big hurricane. oak tree. Hopefully. The oak tree
1: could fall into my house. other than that, I think I'm pretty safe. I brought the patio furniture in everybody's gonna we're gonna chill and watch the capitals tonight and uh hopefully tomorrow this thing will have passed
0: sadly you don't drink though because there's two best times to drink one during a hurricane and Bro, one during a blizzard i that's just got done telling you
1: during weird. hurricane charlie i got hammered and passed out on the couch i know with a full belly i now ate you don't
0: drink anymore. i ate
1: i ate two filet mignons and four lobster tails and had probably 10 beers and passed out on the couch
0: oh that sounds like that's l-i-v-i-n-g right there baby. yeah baby Ah, well, I got to get to Capo and Boston to do my ha-ha's and see what's going on. I will be headlining JJ's Tavern in Florence, Massachusetts, November uh, 12th, I believe. So uh, that's a Saturday, whatever that Saturday is, the weekend of November 12th. So I got to start uh, figuring out what I'm going to say. And I got to start putting, yeah, November 12th. I got to start putting my my forty minutes together, and hopefully that it'll be fun. It'll be my first ever headlining set, so I'm pretty excited about it. So um, you guys got that to uh, plan to, and uh, hopefully Jeff, as they say, our thoughts and prayers are with you during this difficult time during Hurricane uh, Ian, and hopefully Ian doesn't get uh, a blackout drunk in your house. And ruin your refrigerator and piss on your walls agreed so that would be awful so thank you so much jeff taylor my battery's running low on my computer so i need to get going thank you so much everyone for listening to the wonderful mike o'brien show remember to like listen subscribe all that fun stuff thank you for listening we love you all equally and ta-ta for now